But uh, it's kind of interesting because every week it'll give us a little bit of a different glimpse of who God is, of who James, who was the brother of the Lord, thought was important to talk to the people that he was talking to in the churches in the region. And then also uh, for us to glean things even a couple thousand years later. Isn't it amazing that we're reading a letter, five chapters in this book of James, and it was written a couple thousand years ago, and it could have been written last week because it's got some stuff to say to us today. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Come on, the Bible... Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, man, the, the Bible, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's a living thing. Come on, it's powerful. Come on, everybody. Come on, it's powerful. It's the most powerful thing in the world, the, the, the Word of God, the Word of God. Jesus said, you know, I and the Word are one. So if you're into Jesus, you got to be in the Word. If you're in the Word, you got to be into Jesus. Come on, everybody. They're, they're inseparable. So uh, we, we found our way to James chapter 1. We haven't got out of the first chapter. Uh, we've kind of skipped around to another chapter last week. I've read a portion from James 2. What I want to do is I want to draw your attention back to James chapter 1. And the, the message title for today is probably on our screen back here. We probably got it. There you go. Doing makes the difference. Come on, would you say that with me? Doing makes the difference. Um, today, again, we sang many songs about breakthrough. And, and listen to me, I'm going to say this on the front end, and this is a tough sell. It's kind of like uh, maybe I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right on the front end. If you will do what I am telling you today to do from God's Word, not because it's me talking, but it's because it's God's talking. Once again, if you will do what I am telling you to do, or the Word is telling you to do, you will have guaranteed breakthrough in whatever area guaranteed breakthrough because the word says it so let's read some scripture we're going to read a ton of scripture we're going to read a lot of scripture it'll be on the screen behind me but follow along James 1 22 through 25 doing makes a difference look at this do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Let's read that out loud, everybody. Come on. One, two, three, read. Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. The worst kind of deception in life is self-deception. Where you could actually deceive yourself into thinking you're doing something and you're not. So this, bot, this scripture says, don't just listen to it and deceive yourself. you got to do what it says. So evidently, there's a difference between hearing and doing. Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Notice they will not be blessed in what they hear. They will be blessed in what they They will be blessed in what they do. We'll come back to this at the end of our lesson today. We'll give you about four or five points, I think, that are noteworthy. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 26, New International Version. What good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, 
by, it says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Don't, 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 don't miss verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Useless, unproductive, unprofitable, one translation says. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without your deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Evidently, believing as important as believing is, believing's not enough. Even the demons believe and they, ooh. They shudder. Come on. They know who God is. They know who Jesus is. You do know that demons were just fallen angels made by God, right? They got cast out. So, so they know who he is. They've seen glory. They've seen heaven. They've seen the Father. They know who he is. They believe Jesus is the Son of God. But there's absolutely no way they can be born again. You believe, it says. They shudder. Verse 19. You believe that there is one God? Good again. Even the demons believe. And they shudder. Verse 20. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he offered when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness or right standing with God. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Or we would say not by just saying something. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without death. Deeds is dead. Come on, somebody say it with me. Doing makes a difference. Come on, doing makes a difference. Come on, we're going to school this morning. Come on, we're, we're up and come on, we go, come on, we're all gonna get our PhD in the word this morning. Come on, let's just leave being a hearer. Let's just come on, let's just leave being a hearer. Let, let's slide over it. And I gotta do something. Come on. For my faith to work, I've got to be a doer of what I'm hearing. Or my faith is useless, it's unproductive. So the question you have to constantly ask yourself is, when you read the word, how can I act on that word? What can I do that will activate that word in my life? You have to constantly read the word of God with an activation code. What do I have to do now that I've heard that word? Uh, it's interesting that James, at, at the end of this discourse about, uh, about hearing the Word and listening to the Word, but then, you know, faith and, and, and acting on the Word of God, he, he talks about two people. He talks about Abraham, which is interesting, and he talks about Rahab. So I think it's noteworthy that we need to just kind of track back to the book of Genesis, and let's look at the exact account, because uh, Abraham kind of comes on the scene in Genesis 12, and he's with us for a lot of chapters. You know, he lived over 100 years. You know the story? 
story. When he couldn't have a baby, he and his wife believed God. It was a 25-year process, finally had a son. And then, and then you know, the, through the course of time, you know, God was bringing him and, and taking the family in different territory and, and just revealing truth to him. And, and, and yet there came an instance that, that uh, James records here concerning what he says about faith and works and uses Abraham. So, so we've got to go back there and we got to read what he did because if he is called right righteous and in right standing with God, not because just what he heard, but because of what he did, then we can do what he heard. We can have what he heard, but we have to do what he did so we can get the same results. That's not all right, everybody. Let's track back then. Come on, come on. Let's track back to Genesis chapter 22. Let's read it in the New Living Translation. This is chapter 22, verse 1. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Read that with me. Come on. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. We found out in the very first session, we looked at James chapter 1, that your faith will always be tested. There's tests and trials and temptations that we go through. God will test you. He will not tempt you. Tempting is evil, but he will test you. He will prove you. Here, after so many years, we don't exactly know how long, but the Bible says that, that, that God came to him, and he says sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. What was the test? Let's read it. It's a terrible test. It's a, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a harrowing test. I don't know what you would be, but put yourself in the story. You've been believing God for a son for 25 years. Finally, your wife gets pregnant. You're almost 100. She's 90. You have this son. And, and through the course of the years, you grow this son. He gets weaned. He's the son of your love. And, and yet, there came a time, most theologians believe when he's about 12 to 16 years of age, somewhere like that, God says this to him. God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, he calls out, and he says, yes, here I am. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go, it says, and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I'll show you. What the heck? The next morning, Abraham got up early. What the heck? He got up early? He didn't run from God? He's running to God. He's running to the Word of God. He's running in obedience with God. The next morning, he said, let's go. Let's go. He got up early, saddled his donkey, took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. He chops wood for a fire and a burnt offering and set out for the place God told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Notice what he says, verse 5. Stay here with the donkey... Abraham told his servants, the boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there and we will come right back. Come on, Abraham, this is his faith talking. God says, come up to Mount Moriah, offer your son as a sacrifice. Abraham gets up the next morning and he tracks off and he knows this. God is not a murderer. Something must be going on. I just can't see yet. I have faith in God, and my faith will move me to move when he says move. So I'm going to get my son, I'm going to get the wood, I'm going to get the knife, I'm going to get the fire, and I'm going to go to Moriah. And he sees the place afar off, and he tells his servants, stay here, we're going up there, but we're coming back. This ain't going to be the end of that boy's life. We are coming back. Come on, I thought I'd get a little bit more here, but come on, everybody. 
Faith knows the outcome ahead of time. It always knows the outcome. It always knows the outcome because you got a word. It always, it, you always know the outcome if you've got God's word. You might not know when, but you will know the outcome. Hebrews 11 says that in a type and a shadow, Abraham received Isaac as raised from the dead. He didn't, God didn't kill him, and he didn't kill his son. The story's going to tell us. But because of his faith went to the limit, he believed that God would even from the ashes raise his son up. Come on, that's some serious faith, everybody, right? Look what he says here. So verse 6, so Abraham went to the place, got the wood, the offering to put on Isaac's shoulder while himself carried the fire and the knife. The two of them walked together. Isaac turns to Abraham and he says, Father, he says, yes, son. He says, we have the fire, the wood, uh, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? <laughs> put yourself there. Daddy, we got fire, we got wood, but, but, but where's the sacrifice? Where's the sheep? Look what he says. He didn't say, uh, you know, you're the sheep. God, verse 8, will provide a sheep for the burnt offering. Come on, somebody. God will provide himself a sheep for the burnt offering. God's on the move. God's going to do something. I don't know how, but God's going to do something. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him, Abraham built an altar, arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac, and he laid him on the altar and put him on top of the wood. Again, faith is doing. Faith is acting. It's acting, even to the point of, I don't know, I think I'm crazy. What am I doing? I'm giving, I, I, why am I giving my money? Why am I serving here? Why am I doing? Why am I praying for that person that, that, that's on a stretcher? Why, why, why am I getting involved? Why, why am I praying when I can't see God? Why? Because your faith has got to have action. Why am I worshiping? Why am I praising God when I've got depression? Why am I praising God and thanking him that the situation is done in my marriage and I'm calling it done even though it doesn't seem like there's any love in the house? Because my faith has got to have action. Action. You got to have action. Man. Arranges the wood. Abraham picks up a knife, verse 10, to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord replied and said, Abraham, Abraham. He says, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. Check this out. For now I know that you truly fear God. Now I know, not because you said something, but because you did something. If you just have saying faith, you're never gonna see God's miracle power. You've got to have faith that does. You've got to have corresponding action with the Word of God. When you can't see it, you can't feel it, there's nothing that tells you anything contrary to what's going on right now in your body, it, what the doctors say, in your marriage, with your kids, with the addiction, with the job market, with what's playing around in your head. You've got to act like the Bible is true and learn how to release your faith. I'm going to tell you how to do it this morning. Come on, somebody say, help the preacher up in here. Help the preacher up in here. Come on, help. Look what he says now. Don't lay your hand on the boy. Don't lay your hand on the boy. Don't hurt him in any way. I know that you truly fear God for you have not withheld even your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and he saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham named the place Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh, what that says there, the Lord will provide. He says to this day, the people use that name as a proverb on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. Check it out. <laughs> you never are going to see the provision of God unless you climb the mountain. 
oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, I say you are, I say you are. God's saying, but, but sometimes you got to move, you got to do something. It's more than just believing, it's more than believing in your couch at the house. Sometimes you got to move. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. God's word to him says, this is what the Lord says in verse 16. Because you obeyed and not withheld your son, even your only son, I swear by my own name, I certainly will bless you. I'll multiply your descendants beyond number. We're blessed in this, guys. I will certainly bless you. I'll multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. What a word. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. This is you and me. All because you have obeyed me. Notice, all because you have obeyed me. Obeyed me. Obedience to the word of God has got to be more than just believing what we think of believing. There's got to be an action that is required to then open the door of the supernatural where we see God do something amazing like right here. I think it's amazing that James uses Abraham, but he just doesn't use Abraham. He uses somebody else we found called Rahab. Check out a scripture. Hebrews 11.31, in the Heroes of Faith, it says this, By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. The backstory of this is that God had called Joshua to go into the land of promise, and they were going to go to city after city and conquer them. They came to the first city, and it was Jericho. They sent two spies in to spy out Jericho. The two spies that went into the city wound up in Rahab, the prostitute's house. They told them, she actually said, everywhere y'all go, we hear there's, there's devastation, that God shows up in the cloud and the fire, signs and wonders. Man, we're full of fear here. We're trembling in here. And she said, she said, protect my family, keep my family. And they told her, we will keep your family if you do what we tell you to do. Don't tell anybody we're here. Hide us here. And when we leave, make sure your mouth is shut and take this scarlet thread and put the scarlet thread outside your window. And when the walls come falling down, when God shakes his city, you and everybody in this house will be protected. She believed that word. She believed that word. And supernaturally, listen, supernaturally, when the, the Bible says that the, the, the men of Israel circled Jericho once a day for six days on the seventh day, they circled seven towns and seven times and they shattered with a shout that was so deafening. And the walls, gosh, come on, the supernatural power of God came in and shook all those walls. Every part of that wall fell down except Rahab's house. There was a scarlet thread outside, a scarlet cord outside her window, which is a type and a shadow of the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody, get the blood in your life. Come on, get the blood over your family. Come on, anybody beside me grateful for the blood of Jesus? Come on, man, the blood of Jesus saves you, heals you, protects you, and delivers you. Man, she, listen, she believed that word, and she acted on that word. She believed the word, and she was saved supernaturally when all the other houses, and their the house was on the wall, when all the other houses started shaking, her house stood. But listen, when the men came in to kill everybody, nobody went in her house and killed them. She was protected supernaturally, and she was protected naturally. Why? She believed the word, and she just didn't say, I agree with that. Yeah, cool, good. No, she actually hung that scarlet cord out. She acted on the word of God. Man, 
It says she didn't perish with those who did not believe. So I'm thinking in the city, other people, which she said with her own mouth in Joshua chapter 2, she said, the city knows and has heard about y'all, but nobody else believed like she believed. And they were directed to go to her house. Now, now, now listen, I, I don't know how far you can get from Abraham, the father of faith, and Rahab, the harlot of the prostitute. So I don't know if you think yourself leaning over here towards Abraham or you're leaning over here toward Rahab, a prostitute, but how many know God will meet you wherever you're at? Come on, everybody. It's it's, it's an incredible story. It's an incredible story how, again, James says, this guy Abraham, who was a father of faith, that God came to him, talked to him about his son, and he went up and just immediately, his faith had boots on the ground, and he went up to Mount Moriah to offer up his son. And yet we've got this other woman. We don't know. She didn't have a Bible. There's nobody in, in her city got a church. Or they're not even worshiping Jesus. They're not even worshiping Jehovah God. She just heard about what they were doing and said, I don't want my life to end today. And I don't want my family's life to end today. I'm going to believe y'all. I believe you're hearing from God. Come on. I believe that my family can be saved. And she acted on the word. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Come on, everybody. Let's act on the Word of God. Check back with me over here James chapter 2. Look at this. James 2, verse 22. It says this concerning Abraham. We read a moment ago. You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. Don't miss it. His faith and his actions. His faith, this is his believing. I believe who you are, God. I, 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 you're, you're Jehovah God. You, you've showed up to me. You've kept me. I, I believe you. My, my, my faith is in you. But it also says his actions. We would say one of the ways that we act on the word of God is we speak, we worship, we praise God, we go sometimes, we obey, we go like Abraham went to the Mount Moriah. Come on, you're in church this morning. Come on, you're acting on the Word of God this morning. I believe in God. I'm going to go to the house of God. I'm going to worship God. Come on, everybody. I I believe God's going to provide for me, so I willingly tithe and I give offerings. I'm acting on the Word of God. A lot of people believe it, but they never act on it, and so it's not faith, and so you're living just naturally. I'm living like everybody. I believe it. I see it. I believe it, but we never do it. And so there's no blessing in just hearing You have to be a doer of the word. Got to be a doer of the word. Notice what it says. His faith, look at that scripture. Put put that scripture back up, guys. You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete. Notice, not by what he heard, but by what? By what he did. Not by what he believed. But by what he, what? What he did. So, if it says his faith was made complete by what he did, I'm convinced most Christians, since I know a lot of people, my whole ministry life, and you know, just being in my own, in my own business, where I have not gotten the results I wanted from God, my faith was not complete. <laughs> because I'm believing something, but I'm not doing something. So, his faith was made complete by what he did. Evidently, you and I could have what I would call 
incomplete faith. We got faith. I have faith in God. I believe God. I mean, I, I trust you. I, I know you're my Lord. I know you're my Savior. And, 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 but I've got a disconnect between seeing the power of God, the miracles, the, 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 what I'm believing for actually come to fruition. I, 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 I know you can, but maybe I don't even know you will for me. Maybe I've got to cross that. But I've got to find a way to act on the Word of God. And again, I'm going to tell you, the simplest way you act on the Word of God is you open up your mouth and you thank Him for that Word working in your life. Over and over, in praise, in worship, in by yourself, you've got, I hope you do, you've got faith declarations and confessions in your phone or on a document, in your Bible somewhere, and you are saying over, this is what the Word says. This is what I see. I'm not believing what I see. This is what your Word says. So since I have faith in you and in your Word, I am going to open my mouth and declare what you said, that it is impossible for you to lie. You're going to do this in me, for my marriage, for my family, for my business, for my body. This is the will of God for your life, Father, and for my life, and so this is what it's going to be in my life. Come on, I'm sweating up here, y'all, y'all, give me a minute. Let's talk real quick about the believing part. Come on, the believing part. Here's the believing part. Romans chapter 4, this is the believing part. We'll look at this guy, Abraham. This is the believing part. Romans 4, 21. This is old school. This is King James. Romans 4, 21. And being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he was also able to perform. Abraham grew to the place, the scripture says, about how he came to the, how he came to the point where they, they couldn't have a child. I'm 75 years old, and, and, and 25 years later, I had a child. This was the process. It says he was, became fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he, God, was also, or able also, to perform. Listen to me. For your faith to work, for your faith to work, you have to become fully persuaded. There is no other way. For your faith to work, you have to become fully persuaded. I know exactly where I live. I know exactly who I'm married to. I know exactly the day I was born. I know exactly the church I pastor. I am not, I am, it's a fact. I'm fully persuaded. You can't untalk me out of it. You have to know that same way for the Word of God. Listen to me. Options don't coexist with faith. I have no other option. No other option. This is it. This is it. So the only way to be persuaded beyond all doubt, here it is, is to meditate the Word of God and renew your mind with the Word of God. The only way to be persuaded it's not one and done. It's not, I'm going to read a little bit. It's not, I'm going to come to church for a week or a month or a year. You have to set yourself up that I am going to continually be persuaded beyond all doubt. How am I going to do that? I'm going to meditate the word day and night. I'm going to observe to do according to all that's written. And then you said, God said, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. You will. You'll make your way prosperous. I thought, not talking about a bunch of money in the bank, although that could happen, but he's talking about your way prosperous. Life's just good for you. How are you going to do that? By meditating the Word of God. Getting the Word of God deep inside your heart. That's the believing part. 
But then it says there's an action part. Check it out again. Verse 20 with Abraham. It says, Romans 4.20, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He didn't stagger at the promise. Like, God, God, how could this be? How how could I have a son? I'm old. You know the story. If if you don't know what the story is, I'm just not old. Listen to me. Everything's shut down. Biologically, I'm shut down. And mama's stuff is all shut down. She's been through menopause, baby. Everything's shut down. It It is biologically impossible. But all things are possible with God. He staggered not at the promise of God. Through unbelief, but was what? Strong in faith. How how do you get strong in faith? Give glory to God. I'm going to give glory to God. I'm going to praise you, Lord. I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to thank your name. You're good and you do good. You're watching over the word. Lord God, you told me I'm going to have a son. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm I'm talking to my body. Body, you open up, you beavers. Come on, you you, you obey the word of God. You be strong to to, to receive seed, to conceive seed in Sarah's womb. Lord, you, you worship God. You grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Come on, everybody. This isn't a Sunday thing. This is a daily thing. A daily thing. You walk around your house and say, Father, I praise you. I thank you that you're working in me. I thank you that all things together are working together for good because I love you called according to your purpose. I thank you that I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I thank you I call my body whole. My mind is whole. Come on, my relationships are whole. I thank you for increasing job. Give me wisdom with the business. Lord God, I thank you. I just praise you whether it looks good or whether it doesn't look good. You grow strong in faith, giving glory to God. Come on, we got one clap and one hand. Okay, okay, that's all right. I know it's early. I know it's early. I know it's early. Come on, let's land the ship here. Uh, let me give you five thoughts here that I think I want to go back. I told you I want to go back to, to James chapter 1. Let's look at this. James chapter 1, verse 25. And then we're going to make five points. Look at this. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. This scripture, guys, please write this down. My, my, my admonition to you is when you come to church, take some time, write some things down, and spend maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Monday and Tuesday going over some of this stuff, just getting it, get, getting it implanted in you. James says the implanted word, the engrafted word, will save your soul. It, it, come on, it'll deliver you. It'll change you. So, so think about this. Don't let just church, come on, when you come to church, I'm trying to help you. It's just like if you're going to go to school, you gotta, you got to hear the instructor. you got to write down some notes, and, and then you got to regurgitate it. Come on, you got to think about it during the week so you can pass the test. Amen? <laughs> so so, so no, check out again. Whoever looks looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. Thought number one, write it down, look on the screen there, just that first phrase. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, whoever looks intently into the perfect law, notice the thought though, where you look determines what you receive. You have to look into the perfect law. Look intently into the perfect law. So where you look determines what you receive. I'm looking to what man says. I'm looking to my past. I'm, uh, uh, I'm looking to my herd. I'm looking to, uh, I'm looking to my emotions. I, uh, I'm looking to what my friends say. I'm looking to what the job market says. I'm looking to the president. I'm looking to, uh, I'm looking to my culture. I'm looking to my race. 
I'm looking to my bank account. I'm looking to not my bank account. I'm, no, he says, he tells us, if you look intently into the perfect law. So where you look determines what you receive. You have got to be a person that keeps your eyes on the Word of God. On the Word of God. Only. Only. If we're going to receive what Abraham received, and we're going to receive what Rahab received, the harlot, the prostitute, who still had some issues in her life, just like you and me. And yet, God showed up for her and saved her and protected her house. And I'll do the same for you and me. Second thought. Here's the phrase. But whoever looks intently, that's the phrase. But whoever looks intently, intently. So the thought is, how you look determines what you receive. Looks intently, intently. Just not where you look, but how good you look, how much you look, how disciplined you are at looking. Studying the play if you're an athlete. Studying the code if you're a programmer. Studying the books if you're a doctor. How you look determines what you receive. There's a scripture over in the book of Numbers that when the nation of Israel got jacked up and God, anyway, they, they, there were snakes that got loosed. And the Bible says snakes were biting people, venomous snakes, and they were killing them. So God told, Moses cried out to God, and God said, make, make a snake and put it on a pole, a bronze snake, and he put it up on a pole. And he said, whoever looks intently will be made healed. You had to get your eyes off the snakes around your feet and had to get your eyes up on a, the bronze bowl. So I got to get my eyes off what the marriage looks like, what my body's telling me, what the kids, all crazy kids and the addiction. I got to get my eyes off of what it's been up until now. And I got to get my eyes how I look. I'm going to look, I'm going to look, I'm going to look. I'm not going to stop looking intently. Thought number three. says, look what? Into the perfect law. Here it is. Into the perfect law that gives freedom. Look into the perfect law that gives freedom. So this just simply tells us that the Word will free you from whatever is binding you. The Word will. Look into the perfect law that gives freedom. Look into the Word. The Word will free you from whatever is binding you. Bound to your past. Bound to your feelings. Bound to your thoughts. Bound to your emotions. Bound to friends. Bound to words. Bound to fear. Bound to rejection bound to worry. The Word will always free you. Always. Into the perfect law that brings freedom. Notice brings freedom. Sometimes freedom is progressive, not just instant, but it, it, it brings. You, you, you get released over the course of time. But he says this, this, this word is rich. So, so what, what I'm telling you to do and I'm teaching you right here, this is how you meditate the word. This, 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 what I'm doing to you right here is I'm showing you how you meditate the word. And the word gets implanted so it can't be uprooted. You take this one scripture and you eat it and you bite it and you look at it 
and you pray and you eat it and you digest it because the Word of God's rich and it's going to help you. It's not about you, but I get lost in my phone <laughs> and I'll turn on IG and I'll look at Insta stories and all of a sudden I'm going, I've been looking at IG stories for 30 minutes and I've been tracking different things and I'm, I'm, I'm liking and I'm saying comments and, and I'm going, dear God, what, 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 what just happened? I, I've got time and you've got time. We got time to do this. He says, look into the perfect law that gives freedom. Two more. You're doing real good. But he says this, and continues in it. Look, so look into the perfect law, but he says, and continues in it, not forgetting, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. Not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. So if you don't continue, you will forget. This is the fact. You're not bad. You're not wrong. Me either. We're human. If you don't continue, you will forget. If you don't go to the gym, you get weaker. If you don't eat right, you get unhealthier. If you don't take your medicine that the doctor said, right, in that regard, you're not going to receive the benefit of it. If you do not keep looking to the Word of God and continuing in it, it's not going to work because you forget. I forget. So it's interesting. Hebrews 10, 17 tells us how. So then faith comes from hearing. Hebrews 10, 7, or Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Remember that? Keep hearing. Got to keep hearing the Word of God. Keep listening to the Word of God. Paul tells this in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, Apostle Paul says, I planted the Word to the people of Corinth. Then a guy named Apollos, he came along and watered it. But God gave the increase. So there was a planting of the Word, but there was a watering of the Word. So, so the, the worst thing you and I can say is, I've heard that. I've heard that. I, I know that. But you don't. Because there always has to be a rewatering. So, listen, don't repel the watering process. Don't repel the watering process. No matter how good the seed is, listen, if it's not watered, no matter how good it is, if the seed's not watered, it will not grow. No matter how good the Word of God is planted in your heart, if you don't come back, and regularly water the seed. What's watering? Go over it again. Go over it again. Let that word just come, come in your heart again, come alive in your heart again. No matter how good that seed is, if it's not watered, it will not grow. So listen, repetition equals watering. Repetition equals watering. I have to keep repeating and going back to the Word of God. I have to continue in it because I'll forget it. I'm in a battle right now. I've got to keep coming back to the Word of God. And even when I'm by the still waters, I've got to give myself to the Word of God so that it will forge me against a day of battle that's coming ahead. And lastly, James just simply says the phrase I want you to get. You know, if we continue it, we don't forget what we hear. The phrase is, they will be blessed, here it is, in what they do. Notice again, not blessed in what you hear. They will be blessed in what they do. Doers of the word receive the blessing from that word. I need peace. Then I got to find some scriptures to talk about peace. I'm a worry wart. I worry about everything. 
then there's scriptures that's going to help me. So I got to keep coming back to that word. I got to get that word in me. I've got to renew my mind. I got to meditate on it till I see it. I believe it. Now, how can I act on that? When I'm faced with worry, when all of a sudden that fear comes, when that feeling comes, when that emotion comes, I'm going to say, God, bring me back to the word. And I come back to the word and I thank you that the word's working in me. I'm not a person full of worry because you're in me. How could I be a person full of worry when God's in me? The hope of glory. So I cast all my care on you. You care for me. First Peter 5, 7. I will not take that worry. Doers make the difference. Doing the word makes the difference. Hearing is so important. We hear the word of God. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. But if Abraham had to act on the word, and it was a test, and Rahab had to act on the word to be saved, God will require you and I to continually act on the word of God to receive all the blessing that that word will produce in our lives. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Father, today, we just thank you for the power of the word of God. We thank you that, Father, faith's coming today. We're receiving it. No matter where we're at right now, you have answers for us. So, Father, I thank you whether we're like Abraham and and we're on our way and and things are kind of working, but we're coming to a test right now. You've got answers for us. Whether we might feel like Rahab and we're just uh, kind of bumping along and we're kind of in and we're kind of out and we don't know exactly what we believe. You believe in us and you want us to grow in our faith and the actions that are required so we can receive all that you have for us. So Father, I pray for every single person in the room today, no matter where they're at, no matter how long they've been in whatever they are in, in fear, in worry, in bitterness, in depression, in darkness, in despair, in sickness, just in not knowing how you're going to take care of them, maybe in a financial way. Or, Father, I pray that faith would rise in their heart, that they'd find scriptures, they'd find the Word of God on that thing and begin believing, changing the way we think, and then in turn, acting on that Word. We hear you, Father. There's no blessing just in hearing. The blessing comes when we do it. We cannot merely listen because we'll be deceived. We have to do what your word says. Help us all in this room become better doers. Come on, would you pray that? Help me be a better doer. Come on, right there. Help me be a better doer. Help me be a better doer this morning. Come on, right there where your head's bowed, your eyes closed. Come on, no one looking around. Come on, the next 60 seconds, just give everyone the right to privacy. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, The most important thing that we do in the room is as we come and worship Jesus. And it's not about me, not about you, really. It's about Jesus and about his heart for us. And so that's why we come and sing and listen to the word and hang out and just get a chance to enjoy one another's company. But really the whole thing's about Jesus and his plan and purpose for you and my life. And he's got a plan for you. His plan for good, not for you.